Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Ken Deans, CIO at Chesapeake Regional Medical Center. In this segment, Deans talks about how his organization is partnering with Epic to turn data into information, the keys to developing, rolling out, and managing a multi-year business strategy, and the upcoming deadline that has him very concerned. As far as data management, I um, wanted to talk about some of the work you've done there and the strategy there just as far as, you know, obviously the, these huge amounts of data that everyone's working with. And, um, yeah, I just want to talk about uh, your strategy there. Yes, uh, if, uh, if you're referring to, like, um, you know, clinical data repositories, um, we definitely, that's a major component uh, for us. So, um certainly exist today and we've, um, you know, had focus there for quite a while because, you know, I think the problem with one of the problems with healthcare is we have a whole lot of data. Uh, what we don't have a lot of, unfortunately, it seems, is information and there's a pretty significant difference between the two. Um, so we've, we've put a lot of emphasis and focus uh, historically there um, because information is what you need really to focus on running the business. And so with our current partner, we, we've, you know, had a clinical data repository in for, you know, six, seven years with the current partner, and we had a, a bit of one prior to that with um, the, the predecessor, um, and, and have done a lot surrounding that. So we've tried to make a move towards uh, data analytics, um, you know, and, and I guess what I would call uh, evidence-based management of the business beyond just evidence-based, um, you know, clinical efforts. Um, that is paramount to us. So part of our future forward uh, movement has included pretty strong requirements, whichever way we would have went, uh, that we need to sustain that and, in fact, want to grow it. Um, so we've, we've made sure that has been part of our go-forward plans with EPIC. And I, and I think EPIC themselves, you know, I, I think one of the differentiators between them and some of the other um, providers of systems and software out there is that they themselves are no longer necessarily fully focused on builds and screens and, and fields within those screens. Um, attending their user group conference last summer, and I've been engaged with Epic off and on for, you know, a half dozen years or more, um, and others who have as well, you can really see the movement of them as a company, and it would appear to me um, that their focus is also on business information now, no longer just building software. I think they've tackled the building software piece and so if you look at, in, especially in their 2014 release uh, that's out now and the 2015 uh, soon to, to come forward, um, you will see a significant difference with them uh, in the use of data analytics. And it's prevalent not just in the executive or the management suites, um, but you'll see it all the way down at the line level um, and, and the bench level within the organizations through the tool sets they're inserting and injecting uh, as capabilities into the software. So we are anxiously um, awaiting our implementation just for that perspective. You know, you already have an integrated database on the back end now putting visual dashboards in front of, you know, nearly every user 
to understand what they themselves uh, individually are doing um, versus just you know at the, at the higher level. Um, so so I kind of jumped forward there, but but jumping back, um, part of our strategy has been just that. We have been interested in in data analytics and business intelligence for for quite a while. Uh, I think maybe perhaps even before it was a buzzword out in industry because everybody seems to be using it now. Yeah, um, but um, uh, we've really had a strong focus, and it's not easy to get to, you know, because when you're trying to correlate for business purposes, you know, things that occur on your clinical side, you know, all the way back to your financial side, linking it with GL and, and all the, the subcomponents and, and parts that you have to touch, especially when you're in a, a model of best of breed or even a best of suite where you still have disparate uh, capabilities. Um, it's, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do within an organization, let alone, you know, I think as the broader national perspective is, is, is trying to link it, um, you know, more broadly. Um, but we've had some reasonably good success. Uh, I would tell you in the last uh, year or so here at Chesapeake, uh, data analytics really has come to fruition, and it's we've in fact established a data analytics division uh, whose sole focus is that, um, and it has impact on our business decisions. So if there's a business venture we're focused on uh, or expansion of a service line, uh, we truly um, will go to the analytics team, and they actually assist in the creation of the pro forma um, that drives some of those decisions. And so I'd love to say we've been doing this for a decade. It is relatively new, but it is something we've been doing for um, probably a good half a year to a solid year now based on the work of the prior years in, in aggregating data. And so that's, it's uh, paramount for us going forward that we continue to do more of that. Uh, and we're, we're pretty excited that Epic will, um, you know, supplement and complement um, that mental model that we have. Right. Pretty, pretty obvious that, uh, you know, with everything, with every initiative, every priority, it's all part of a plan, part of a strategic plan. And um, I had seen uh, in some of the, the materials you sent me about um, the uh, enterprise-wide five-year IT strategic plan. And, and I wanted to talk about that and really, you know, the, the primary goals of that and kind of how that's shaped things and, and whether that might be really challenging to try to stick to, uh, you know, a certain plan or vision with, with everything that always comes up. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right on. It's a, it's a, a, a really good question. Um, you know, so every organization, uh, to be successful, you really have to have a multi-year um, business strategy um, or strategic plan, as most call them. Um, and that's at your corporate level. So that's, you, you know, across all your service lines, across all of your business disciplines, um, and then most of us have some formal mechanism whereby we um, go through and establish that. And then you really, as a subset of that, should have an annual operating plan that really is the, the tactics that bring that business strategy together. Um, so that's at the corporate level. That's at the, at the highest levels of the organization. Um, many of the sub-disciplines then, uh, IT being one that's very important along those lines, um, should have, you know, strategic plans themselves. And these should be subsidiaries to your corporate and business strategic plans. So that's what we've tried to do 
uh, I've tried to do historically, both uh, at current organization as well as prior organizations, um, to put those together. Now, when you when you build an IT strategic plan, um, you know you have to figure out what's right for your organization insofar as how far out you look. So, is that a is it a five year plan? Is it a three year plan? Or is it a you know some combination in between? Um, I think you also have to be prepared to be very dynamic with that plan. So just as your business strategies are going to change year to year in healthcare, and you should be reviewing those, um, your IT strategic plan has to move and be flexible along with that. So we can we can put a three to five year plan together, but what we currently perceive as a um, strategy three years out from now may not necessarily actually be that strategy, obviously, three years from now. So, yeah. so each year you have to reassess that um, and, um, you know, just be willing to move and change appropriately. And that's not just you in the IT division. I, you know, I think one thing with uh, information technology, we're no longer, um, you know, just technology. I think, you know, to, to lead in technology uh, infrastructure and group, you you must be as much operationally focused as you are uh, technologically focused because the two go hand in hand today more than they ever have before. I think at the last user group we even heard um, Judy Faulkner of Epic um, in her presentation on stage to, to all the Epic users uh, quote, um, you know, the notion that um, you know, technology drives business just as much as other factors drive business. And so I think that's right, and I think that's uh, true, and, and we've seen that in the last handful of years. Um, so I think you've got to have that focus. So, you know, with your plan, um, if your business strategy, you know, even moves slightly, you've got to be mindful and, and very aware of that as the, as the leader of the technology group uh, and make sure that you are adapting appropriately. And presumably you're embedded with your um, business strategy already, so it's not that you're being informed that there's a change, but you are part of that change from the get-go. And so all moving parts, you know, move uh, simultaneous to that. How you present the plan, you know, so let's say you've gone through that process and you've developed a strategic plan and everybody's going to have a slightly different model of how they get there. Um, and in most cases, it should involve, you know, all the divisions throughout your organization where you lay the business plan out, um, you interact with each of the divisions, you probably have a couple of advisory councils that comprise all the appropriate stakeholders, and then you determine, you know, what do we have today and what do we need to have in order to achieve the, the business focus that's before us. And so you have some type of model that surrounds that. Once you have that, though, you know, then comes the communication part. So your planning should include your marketing department, your communications folks, um, and different organizations do it differently, uh, I would tell you. Um, I've done some pretty cool stuff over, over prior years. So, for example, um, at a prior organization, when we developed our, our five-year IT strategic plan, we, we crafted it with a special name, so we called it our e-revolution, if you will. Uh, we created uh, what looked like, you know, the New York Post uh, newspapers uh, that went out that really was a, a color uh, multi-page document with, that would fold over in half and look kind of like a newspaper. 
and we just disseminated that throughout the entire organization. And it was a multi-hospital facility, so it, it didn't just stay in the in the primary organization. It went across the board, across the enterprise, and as well as out to the clinics. And it really kind of walked through what typically is a a, a pretty strong business-looking uh, strategic plan and turned it into kind of a USA Today presentation where you listed many of the major initiatives. Uh, you had paragraph summaries of what they were and what they were for. You know, we used to always joke about uh, I had a great leader um, once that, that taught me um, at an early age in my career, in my executive career, uh, to make sure that I used uh, plain English, quote unquote, and that stuck with me since. And, and they were spot on with that. Um, in that, you know, we can pretty easily um, get into the, the the geekiness of what we do, and I say the word geek with as a term of endearment. Um, right. So uh, we got to make sure, you know, we we convert that to plain speak as much as we possibly can, and so. Um, that was the mental model there. It was, it was a, a presentation of what the plan was to where anyone throughout the organization could pick this up, read it, and understand and say, oh, that, you know, that makes complete sense. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and so that was really the intent there. So, so there's the, the creation of the plan, but then there's really you know, the communication and the advancement of it once you've got it. And it should never be a stagnant document that once you create it, you stick it on a shelf. Um, and, and rarely look at it again. I, as I mentioned in, in the beginning, it really needs to be dynamic and ever moving based on the the environment that you're in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There, there's a very uh, definite theme about um, just that that the need for agility and um, you know it, to be to be willing to uh, reprioritize or just uh, make changes or tweaks along the way just to keep uh, keep up with uh, everything that needs to be done. For sure. Okay. Um, now you, you touched a little bit before on um, meaningful use, so that's something where uh, you've attested to stage one and stage two at this point? Yeah, so uh, in our organization, uh, we started, gosh, I need to think of a year here, um, but we have done stage one, year one, stage one, year two, and we are now nearing the completion of stage two. The target there is the end of the month of September because, as you know, in stage two, it's a full-year model instead of the 90-day windows, and you're forced to fit into the federal fiscal years. Um, but, yes, yeah, so uh, by the end of September of this calendar year, we'll complete uh, stage two. Okay. That's interesting timing, which I guess it always is, but, you know, with the... Uh, with the big focus on uh, on Epic and, and moving towards that uh, that date for next year. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting you bring that up. We we had pretty significant conversation around that, and at first we were a little bit concerned, and we said, well, do we try and time a go-live of Epic on the first day of the new Meaningful Use federal fiscal year? Um, also, by the way, there's that little thing called ICD-10 going on October 1st as well, and so um, specific to meaningful use, after thinking through that, you know, it kind of dawned on us. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was an aha moment, but somebody made the point. They said, well, you know, meaningful use is forevermore. So if you conceivably look towards the future of what we do, we will forever have meaningful use requirements on us going forward. So you can't necessarily or, or wouldn't have to necessarily 
uh, time go live surrounding that per se, uh, just because like accreditation and all the other regulatory requirements we have to meet every day, it's a forevermore thing. Yeah. Um, so I think because it's a year-round model, um, and we certainly, you know, consulted with uh, with with some others out there to to get their perspective and input, and we felt pretty comfortable with the fact that we didn't necessarily have to time it with, um, you know, the start to each of those cycles, um, because you know we're going to change systems out over the course of the the next several decades, and, and like I said, forevermore. So it's just a fact of life now. It's not a, a special, you know, one-time event as I think yeah. maybe the the first couple of years were. So. Right. Sure. And what, what about IC10? How are you positioned for that? You know, that's an interesting one. Um, I I think um, we're nervous. Uh, I think anybody who isn't nervous is either, you know, to me very very impressive or perhaps naive. Um, so, so I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that. I think you have a lot of folks in industry, uh, e even all the associations that we are a part of that are, you know, very supportive of continuing with the go-live, uh, no further delays. I don't necessarily know that all of us um, in the actual hospitals necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, I would tell you, if you were to, to really dig deep, you would find there are a lot of entities that are not yet ready for ICD-10. And this is from the payer side all the way across through, you know, the software and the coding side that, you know, hospitals across America use. So I think we've got a game plan, and should the uh, deadline continue with October 1, we'll be ready um, are we comfortable with it? You know, honestly, no. And I think if anybody told you they were comfortable with it, kudos to them. Um, but, I, but I would probably challenge them slightly and, and uh, really dig deep. It's, it's a nervous tension, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know any better way to describe it. But, yeah. but I would tell you America is not as prepared for it um, based on those I've spoken to. And I'm talking many, many, many like hospitals um, as what we would see in some of the press releases that come out. And so, you know, I, I'm probably one of the few that will, will say that publicly, but I, but I think that's the legitimate uh, story, even if that's not necessarily what's being reported. Yeah, and are, are you referring to mostly just to, uh, you know, uh, the complexity involved or just, uh, you know, making ha having uh, the, the staff, uh, you know, educated and prepared, especially when, you know, there have been... <laughs> stops with this before and, um, you know, those yeah. types of factors? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, certainly the education's a component. Um, I, that one, that portion I'm not as scared or worried about. Um, because, you know, like when they say we educate daily, weekly, monthly, ed education of, of staff across very, uh, various aspects really is kind of a fact of life for healthcare. Um, so, you know, certainly there's challenges there and how do you get every single entity out there um, prepared for that. Um, but I, I'm less worried about the uh, education and more worried about the software and processes uh, that are embedded in the software. And it's not just any, any particular software. It's, it's all the moving parts and components and pieces that healthcare has. Um, that's really where I think uh, I'm worried. 
Um, and just again, I think readiness is not where it ought to be, uh, kind of across the nation. And I and I, I just hope that um, I, I hope that it's not a as a, a big blow up if we do go live with October one uh, as is currently scheduled for. Um, right. So I, th- so I think a lot of folks have been working for years on education and, and all of that. Um, but I think actually once you have all those moving parts um, interoperating, um, I'm nervous uh, there um, more specifically. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.